we interrupt this program to bring you a special report. G'day, I'm Rob. And, oh, that's weird. Silence. Um, I'm here tonight, sans Dave, to talk about the new uh, Chris Eccleston Big Finish. Um, I guess you could call it a box set, but for most people it's a download, so there's no box involved. That's weird. Uh, called Ravages which is basically uh, three adventures in the one package, if we can call it that, uh, being Sphere of Freedom, Cataclysm, and Food Fight, all of them written by Nick Briggs, and of course all of them starring Christopher Eccleston as the Ninth Doctor. Now, we often kick off uh, our hot take episodes with a word of the week. Mine isn't going to be that (laughs) hard to decipher. For my word of the week, guys, I'm going with underwhelming. So with that bombshell out of the way, let's move on. I've said on the Doctor Who show many times over the past, oh gosh, how long has it been since this was first announced? A long time. That bringing Chris Eccleston into Big Finish could possibly be the most important thing Big Finish has ever done, uh, short of bringing in Paul McGann back in... um, 2000 or whenever that was so yes even more important than bringing in David Tennant which they did several years ago now I think this is a big deal because we just had so little of Eccleston on screen and of course people know his issues with Russell T Davis and and his lieutenants on the show and he left after one series and all of that so to to actually have him in big finish I have felt for the longest time is quite a big deal And yes, first of all, I've got to say here, it's great to hear Eccleston back. He mostly sounds like himself, which might seem a weird thing for me to say. Although he does deliver some lines in a way I feel wasn't quite forceful enough or quite in keeping with the Doctor we once knew. On the whole, though, it's pretty much Eccleston sounding right, so that's no biggie. And yes, it's just great to hear him back. I did have some fears going into um, this Eccleston brand of Big Finish. And I've mentioned those on the show before, but to quickly go over them, my biggest fear was I felt the Doctor wouldn't jive with what we had on TV. For me, the gold standard would be that they had got Billy Piper in as well. And of course, Billy Piper's happy to do Big Finish. And they would have Chris and Billy together just doing more Doctor and Rose adventures. You know, we can imagine where they might fall in the timeline. There's there's a few gaps where I think we can imagine other adventures happening. That would have been the absolute gold standard, but presumably Billy was unavailable or they didn't want to spend extra money on getting her, or, or who knows what the answer is there. But obviously Billy's not involved. And so I would think to myself, well, what are the other options? Might we have adventures where he's a bit of a loner and quite spiky? And, and could we even fill in some of those gaps? Like, remember, remember uh, pre-Rose, we had seen photographs of him, um, I think, involving the Titanic, wasn't it? And the explosion of Krakatoa and things like this. Could we place him in adventures in those spots where he doesn't have a companion? He might pick someone up for the adventure who, who he knocks around with, but generally he's... He's a loner, he's spiky, and all of that stuff. Because I like these things, and I know if Dave was here, he'd say, oh, that doesn't matter, but look, to me it does. I want to believe there's some continuity between this and the TV series. And in the TV series, he was very much a loner, he was very PTSD-afflicted, people will often talk about. He meets Rose, they run away together, they have adventures, 
and by the end of it she has cure is the wrong word but she has helped him to a large degree and he becomes a new person and and quite literally so he regenerates you know that's that's a really nice arc uh, and instead, here we have one of my greatest fears. In this story, he just comes on and he's pretty happy-go-lucky. He feels like sort of mid to late first series Doctor. And at the end, he's positively falling all over his new companion, Nova, and he wants to give her a, a better time and a better life and, you know, to really help her out. And he's, he's really into it. And I just can't reconcile that with the Doctor we meet in Rose. And again, Dave would say it doesn't matter. Maybe some of you listening would say it doesn't matter. That's fine. That's your opinion. My opinion is I like to see a through line, and I like that arc in Eccleston's first series to mean something, and that's that he starts off in a certain way and ends in a in a completely different way. Unless, and I've mentioned this before as well, I think on Twitter at least, maybe on the show, unless he makes friends with this Nova person like he already has in this story. They go along, they have some more adventures, and then Nova is killed. You know, something dramatic. Could that reset him to the spiky loner, I don't want to be with anyone kind of doctor, who then leads into Rose? And then I think, oh, okay, well, yes, I understand where he's been. He's had his ups and downs. He's in a down when he meets Rose. And then they have their arc. That kind of works. It's still it's still kind of a cheat that he's been sort of happy and hanging out with other companions and, you know, having a good time. And then it has to be reset for the Rose thing to work. But, okay. Anyway, that was one of my fears and it, and it kind of came true. So, hmm, okay. Now, story-wise, I'm not going to be spoilerific here because that's that's a really sucky thing to do, right? So, I'll keep it fairly simple and say the story is very timey-wimey. And if you like that sort of thing, great! (laughs) You know, that's absolutely great. For me, people... um, And I'm not being spoilerific here. For me, people meeting each other out of order and all of that stuff gets a bit boring for me (laughs) after a while. I'm really sorry, but it does. It also kind of gets a bit hard to keep track of the more sort of complex and layered a story becomes. It probably makes perfect sense to the writer, you know, sitting there, plotting it all out on paper and thinking, oh, if I do this here and this here, oh gosh, that will confuse everyone, won't that be fun? And and in the end, it comes comes right because, you know, I've I've plotted all this out marvellous. And it would probably make sense to me too if I went back and listened to this again and sort of plotted everything down and then when it finished I, you know, tore up the paper and rearranged all the pieces and went, oh, I see, when he was doing that he met her then and then she knew this about him before he did that and blah, 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 blah. And yeah, it makes sense. But for an audio story where I'm just sitting on the lounge, I'm patting the dog, you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm excited to hear Chris Eccleston again, and, and I'm trying to focus on this story, and it's just deliberately, deliberately obtuse and trying to be clever and doing this very timey-wimey thing. It just kind of bugged me, to be honest. That's, that's about the simplest I can put it. Other people might, again, other people might really, really like it, and that's fine. 
but for me, it just didn't do it for me. I will have to listen to it again, not to take notes and to tear the notes up and rearrange them. I, I will have to listen to it again. Just now having a sense of what the story is doing and where it wants to go and what the general gist is, I might be able to focus a little more on it, if that makes sense. You know, I've, I've heard Eccleston acting again. I know where it goes. I may be able to focus on it a little more. But yeah... I said my word of the week was underwhelming, and I was a bit underwhelmed by this. You know, to go back to that idea of, you know, wouldn't have been great to see the Doctor involved with the Titanic or in Krakatoa or whatever. I would have much rathered this first box set, again, if we can call it that, to be the Doctor having a, a few standalone adventures, maybe a couple of standalone adventures, where he's just this guy and he turns up and there's a bit of an adventure, and that's... That's all it needed to be. Instead, it goes into this three-part interwoven thing. And I don't know. I I just... Hmm. If I had to give it a score out of 10, on the first listen, I'd say this one's maybe a six for me. It does feel a little low to be saying that. And that could grow with another listen, if I do have that other listen. Um, but I don't think it would grow much. I think, you know, it could grow to a 7. I don't know. But at this point in time, 6 out of 10 is it for me. Basically, I'd describe this as a bit of a sprawling, timey-wimey mess that I think most people out there will excuse because it's great to have Chris back. So I know I'm probably an outlier in saying all of this. I'm, I'm probably, you know, a pariah. I'm, you know, <laughs> public enemy number one in, in fandom for saying this. But... Yeah, a sprawling, timey-wimey mess. People are going to excuse it because they've got Chris back, you know. But honestly, I'm currently doing the great journey with Big Finish. And pretty soon, actually, you'll see me start popping up on Sirens of Audio episodes. We've even recorded video for these things um, where I'm talking about the monthly range of Big Finish. You know, 1 to 10, 11 to 20, 21 to 30 and so on and so forth. And and in doing The Great Journey just recently, I've listened to stuff like The One Doctor and Blood Tide and, and uh, Project Twilight, uh, Cold It's and, and, and others. And they feel like really good, tight, solid, interesting stories where the Doctor and a companion go into a place, they have an adventure. It's very straightforward, exciting, you know, maybe a little twist here and there. Compared to those stories that I'm listening, and, and stuff like The One Doctor is also very, very funny. Like, this didn't have to be funny, but it's just an example of how, you know, I'm listening to this other Big Finish stuff that's just doing so much stuff. And this story, in comparison, just feels like all over the place, a bit scattergun, a bit, oh, yeah, we've seen Doctor Who do that before, and, oh, yeah, Doctor Who's done that before, and, yeah, we've seen that done in Doctor Who before, and... It just really, really doesn't hit the mark for me. So that's it for me for, for Ravages. It's it's a 6 out of 10, sprawling, timey-wimey. I will listen to it again, but I don't think it's going to improve much. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, this has probably gone on long enough for you just to be listening to my voice. So let us know at the show what you thought of Ravages. Uh, were you as slightly underwhelmed as I was, or did you like it? If you did like it, what did you like about it? I mean, Chris Eccleston back is a no-brainer. P put him aside. What else did you like about it? 
it's a fairly limited cast and and I didn't think the story was much so um, I'd be really really curious to hear your thoughts I'm sure Dave would as well even though he hasn't of course listened to this so do write into hello at the uh, dwshow.net on email tweet us get on Facebook and tell us there whatever you like but I'll get out of your ears now because this was really an unplanned kind of quick thing that I've done and uh, I'll see you next time well Actually, I won't see you next time on the Doctor Who show. Later this week, we've got another episode of Primary Sources. It feels like a million years since we did one of those, but it's only been a month and Primary Sources is coming up. And then I think two weeks after that, because this is a five uh, five Sunday month, we'll have the next episode of the Doctor Who show looking at cool spaceships. Uh, enough plugging from me, enough from me in general. I'm going to uh, quickly edit this, get it out in your ears, see what you guys think when I uh, wake up tomorrow. And yeah, this has been Rob from the Doctor Who show. See you next time. On BBC Two in a moment, the Australian film season continues with the highly acclaimed film Storm Boy, the Academy Award winner set in the spectacular scenery of the South Australian coastline. Here on BBC One, we find ourselves whisked off much further into the future in Doctor Who.